Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. We are going to carry on uh, this morning just uh, in the series that we're in at the moment, uh, Being, Becoming, Doing, Our Formation Journey. Um, now, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we, we started that off, you might recall, uh, that Matt have a, had a conversation with Strawn uh, Coleman. Uh, we did it over Zoom, and, uh, and just a, a fantastic conversation around some really, um, some really meaningful stuff, you know, this, this life of prayer that we're invited into with Jesus. And this, this whole series, this being, becoming, doing, is, you know, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. It's just this, this idea, this, this deep hope that we have as a, as, a, as a whanau, as a church community, that we are on this journey together of discovering Jesus, uh, but also being shaped by Jesus. And so if you've been around Coast Vineyard for a while, we'll, we'll dip into a, a topic like this or a series like this you know, relatively frequently uh, because we want to keep coming back to this idea of being shaped by Jesus. And then obviously last Sunday, uh, we weren't able to meet uh, here physically together, uh, but we actually did it. You may or may not have realized that we carried on the series, but we did it in practice uh, rather, than, uh, rather than talk about doing it. So we had this prayer uh, weekend at the Hub, and lots of us uh, took, took an opportunity just to go in and spend an hour or so in the Hub, just encountering Jesus, being shaped by Jesus just another little opportunity that we had uh, to be able to do something like that. Uh, give, us a, give us a holler, give us a wave if you managed to um, go and spend some time. That was good, eh? And then on the Sunday night, we had this worship and communion, just time together. And uh, it's just a wonderful experience. And so we will do that again at some point, And I really want to encourage you to kind of take up the opportunity. But today, um, we thought that we would just carry on the theme in terms of a conversation. So obviously, I'm here with Jacinda. And, uh, and we thought that we'd carry on the flow of just talking about this stuff, just hopefully stirring in our own hearts and lives uh, about how it might be or what the invitation might be for each and every one of us to step into that journey of being formed uh, by Christ. Um, but this, this, conversation, this conversation, now if you have been around Jacinda, you will know that this is a deep passion for, of hers. And uh, so we thought, I thought, we thought, um, we, 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 uh, thought, I, I just, I want to kind of pick her brains a little bit um, about this whole passion that she has. So, Jacinda, hi. Formation. What, 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 let's, let's just start there. What, what is spiritual formation? What, why is it important? Yeah. Yeah, it is something I am really pretty passionate about. If this was the only thing I could do uh, and deep dive into this for the whole of the rest of my life, that's where I'd be. Uh, and so when we're talking about spiritual formation, it's probably a really helpful starting place for all of us to realize that all of us are being formed all of the time. We're, that's already happening. It's just that for a lot of the time, it's unconscious. Uh, it, it's whatever is happening that is forming our character, our personality, our habits, the way we spend our time, our energy, our money, or anything that influences that, that is already happening to us, isn't it? Like if we stop and think about, you know, how that works. And I guess what's important for us to think about, and we probably talk, say this to our kids, but we, but we may forget to keep applying it to us, is that in that formation process, who am I becoming? Mm. 
You know, like we often say to our young people or kids, it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, anyone? <laughs> and, and we've been on the receiving end of that. We are less often asked, who do you want to be? And more importantly, who has God made you to be? And sort of increasingly discovering that and living into that. And so spiritual formation, start, let's start with that is already happening. But it's an opportunity for us to stop and to think about that with a little more focus and intention. To think, is the way that I am currently being formed helping me to live in alignment with my deepest desire, which is to live life with Jesus? And so Christian spiritual formation is making intentional choices that help us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. I kind of think of it as a bit like a ripple effect. You know, it's like that central piece is the being with Jesus. You know, we're reminded in Scripture over and over and over again, even this morning, for those of us who read, you know, the, use the um, Lectio uh, 365 app for prayer, there was this beautiful piece in it where, you know, um, it talks about... Jesus standing at the door of our hearts, knocking, asking to come in so that he can sit and eat with us. We're invited into a relationship. It's not like a bunch of ideas that we go, yes, yep, that sounds really good. Or it's not just a ticket to get to heaven when we die, when we just say, yes, Jesus is who Jesus says he is and, and you know, kind of giving mental assent to that. It's we're invited into a relationship that we can go deeper with in the same way that any of our relationships can grow and go deeper. That's what we're invited into. And so as we find ways to be in this relationship with Jesus, this friendship, cultivate a friendship with him, then we discover the next ripple out is that we become more like him. This transformative process. And I think that's a really important thing for us to remember is that we don't kind of, oh, if I just try hard enough, I'm going to become like Jesus. You know, it's just, it's not that way. It's, it's this transformative action of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we spend time with Jesus. This amazing change starts to happen within us. Jesus is at work within us. Holy Spirit is, is shaping and forming our lives. And that, uh, that helps us to become more like him. And for a lot of us kind of growing up, well, certainly for me when I was growing up in the church, I don't know how this was for you, but the word that often was talked about was discipleship. Right. Yep. And so, but the thing with discipleship, it, uh, certainly from my experience, was more about head knowledge. It was just learning a whole lot of, you know, um, theology and teaching and, and kind of correct belief, orthodox belief, all of which is really important, but that's not the only thing. And so, and we see Jesus use that example, not just of us being able to be friends, because he says we're not just servants, we're friends, uh, but also that he calls his disciples into a way of doing life. And as they learn more about him, and the primary places of that is scripture and, and prayer and those sorts of things, and in the context of one another, we become more like him. We start to love what he loves. We start to care about what he cares about. He changes us from the inside out. Do you remember that old Colgate ad with the lady with the dye and the cup with the chalk? Does anyone? I know it's really showing my age. <laughs> um, but there was this really kind of funky little ad when I was a kid, and she would, you know, put this piece of chalk into a glass of dye, and, uh, and the whole idea was around fluoride. Oh, look, it does get in. Um, however, it's kind of like that, you know, that it gets in from the outside, but it's different from that in that the Holy Spirit is at work within us. Mm. So it's this internal transformation. But once again, it's a process. And then what we find the next ripple out is that we begin to then do what Jesus did. Mm. 
because that, that, that's kind of like an apprenticeship model, which we saw him do with his disciples. It's like he would go do a thing, he would show them how he would do a thing, and then he'd invite them to come do this with me, and then they'd talk about it, and then they'd go, go, go away, do it, then come back, and then they'd talk about what worked, what didn't, and then he'd send them off, yeah. which is ultimately what he did as he left, and he sent them off, empowered by the yeah. Holy Spirit to be able to go and do what Jesus does. In that, in that piece of the, the doing... Uh, can so easily uh, sort of switch into an, an external motivator. You know, we, we, we think we want to do those right things based on this particular target that we've got in our heads. But if we switch it around and we actually do that process that you are just talking about, that flow out of us of doing those things that we're invited into become, you know, a whole lot easier. Yeah. And then that one of the challenges, of course, is that we live in a culture that actually... Mm. Uh, really rates the productivity, Absolutely. which is why, you know, some some of you who saw Strawn or listened yeah. to that conversation the other week, and, and lots of people are like, but sitting with God in prayer, or even last weekend, people are like, oh, a whole hour in a prayer room? Like, what am I going to do? Isn't that kind of a waste of time? All that pressure that we've got to, like, make something happen yeah. for it to feel like it's worthwhile. Do we do that in our relationships mm-hmm. with our friends or our marriages or with our kids? It's like, actually, I just want to hang out with you. I just love hanging out with mm. you. I want to know you. It's anyway. such, a, such a crazy thing that we, we would find it so challenging to not be productive in a, in a, in a, in a setting like that, eh? Yeah. Hey, now this, you know, so clearly this is a passion of yours, Jacinda, but you've, you, have, you have taken it more, more than just a, a thing that you're into. You've actually become a spiritual director over the last few years. Um, so just, just briefly, sort of what, what, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what do you actually end up doing? Yeah. Yeah, within our stream of church and a lot of other, you know, but more charismatical Pentecostal churches, that practice of spiritual direction kind of, we lost that for a long time. But it's actually a practice, really ancient practice. Um, we'll see it all the way through the history of the church. Uh, and basically a spiritual, it's kind of a misnomer because the name spiritual direction sounds like you're going to have someone tell you what to do. Uh, but that's, it's actually the complete opposite. Right. A, a spiritual director is trained to spend time with you, for example, if you were a directee that I was working with, but uh, I would be listening to you and listening to the Holy Spirit in our conversations as you explore the context of your life and look for where is God. People come because they're either hungry for more of God, they want to go deeper with Him and maybe don't quite know how. Uh, The ways that maybe they have been with God in the past don't seem to be as fruitful anymore and they're not quite sure what to do next. Um, People who've got questions, doubts, need a place to process. In all honesty, I've been seeing my spiritual director for over a decade, and it has been such a fruitful, uh, life-giving space for me to give regular, like it's every month I see her for an hour, and I can just take that time to tune into what is happening between me and God right now, and what is it that he's inviting me into? Mm. What is he speaking to me about? And what I find is, is that that conversation spills over into the rest of my month, where it's like my antenna is up, to notice him and his activity so much more. Mm. And and so, yeah, so I, I started training for this in 2018. Um, so I started that work then. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And so within that context, but also in that, that mix of obviously pastoring for, you know, a lot of years as well, um, what, what have been some of the things that you have noticed and seen as being key influences? You know, so those things that as someone sitting across from you and having that conversation, uh, be it in a spiritual director context or just in general and walking beside people, what do you what do you notice? What do you what do you see as being those things that really do shape the way that we live? 
man, I wish I could just ask you all that question. Because <laughs> you'll know. Yeah. You'll, you'll know what some of the key influences are in your life. I think culture is massive for us. It is the water we swim in and the air that we breathe. Yeah. And so it's really hard sometimes for us to identify, and identify some of the ways that culture is shaping and forming us. But for us to be aware, it is. Um, I don't have my phone here. That's good. Yeah. That's very disciplined. Except idea. that. That is a massive oh, right. influence in our lives. That device and everything that we have on it. It's changing the way our brains work. Uh, so it is a massive yeah. formational uh, influence in our lives. The people that we talk to. You know, if, we, if we're thinking, actually, all of us have been formed all the time. It means that every book I read, every movie I watch, every conversation I have, every song I listen to, every podcast I choose to listen to is shaping and forming me in some way. And so the thing for us is to be questioning, is that shaping me in a way that aligns with what I understand mm. of what God is inviting me into and who it is he is trying to help mm. me to become? Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, how many of us have heard of the German theologian? So he was a young, he was a young genius, actually. He was a theologian, German theologian, uh, who, who lived and walked the earth during the um, Nazi occupation of Germany and, and was resisting uh, a lot of what was happening in the country, which ultimately cost him his life. But he, um, he could see what, what culture, what media, what propaganda was being used at the time to change an entire nation's way of thinking <laughs> and behaving. And, so, and, and unfortunately, that affected the German church at the time. There's a point to my divergent. Um, but he had some friends. So he started up a um, Christian community a seminary, to be able to train up young Christian leaders in an alternate story uh, with a different worldview, a biblical worldview. And he had some friends that were a bit concerned he was a bit over the top, and they were kind of like, well, mate, settle down, you know, kind of thing. And uh, some of them went to visit him in a place called, and um, Amy, who was our resident German, tried to teach me how to say this properly yesterday, and I won't remember how. Um, Finkenwald, which I know is wrong, but that's Ish, where he was. Um, and anyway, so his friend went and was visiting him at the seminary at Finkenwald and, and said, mate, you know, just chill. You know, what is this all about? Why are you so focused and so intense with all of this? And they went for a walk and they went up onto this hill that overlooked a Nazi training camp. And Bonhoeffer turned to his friend and he said, this, what we do here in, in this Christian community of formation has to be stronger than that. Nothing has changed. Yeah. What we do in terms of thinking about our own formation, the, as we're raising up our kids, our young people, as we're sowing into the, our lives and those that we have influence over, this, what we do in our Christian spiritual formation, has to be stronger than what culture yeah. is trying to do and, and take us. Yeah, and places. culture is powerful. It's massive. You know, yeah. it, it really is. It's okay, so... So those are some of the things that can influence us. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are helpful? What are helpful? You know? I think uh, it would be really easy to go straight to practices here. Sure. But actually, I think what matters more is our posture, right. our heart. Um, I think one of the things for us to, to just keep this on our radar, to be focused, to yeah. be intentional about recognising this, doing life, just, just kind of cruising, just kind of going with the flow, that will inevitably be shaping you and forming you in ways that possibly you don't actually really want. Mm. 
But if we don't recognise that, if we don't think about that, we will do nothing to try to correct, course correct, you know, like, and the thing with the course correction, mid-course correction, many times over, <laughs> you know, like, that, that actually this is a process and a journey that we're going to keep doing, but we want to just keep it on our radar all the time. And then the other posture, I think, is for us to be open to God, to choose to remain open to God. A, lot, a, a really popular image when we're talking about um, spiritual formation is like, you know, a uh, potter's wheel with, you know, clay. And, you, you know, like you're what, it's mesmerizing to watch, isn't it, when you're watching like the master potters and they kind of do this thing and it's like, oh my gosh, look at that. I would not make that. Um, it would look bad. But uh, amazing to watch. But the, the thing, and that's that whole thing of being pliable and available mm. and saying yes to God and surrendering and allowing Him to shape and form us. However, as that lump of clay, I have to choose to stay on the yeah. wheel. <laughs> you know, like, that's the difference. The wheel just gets, I mean, the, you know, in that analogy, it just gets plonked on there, the, the, the clay does. We choose. Mm. We choose over and over. That, that kind of surrendering to God is not a one-time mm. thing. It's this choice we're going to keep making over and over and over again. And I think one other thought is just I talk to a lot of people, both within our you know, pastoral context as well as in spiritual direction, who often feel like following Jesus is like walking a tightrope, right. like this really narrow way, and I feel like I'm going to fall off. If I just make one mistake, I'm such a bad Christian. Oh, my gosh, the amount of times. I'm included you know, of thinking, it must be so much easier for everyone else. They are so much more spiritual and more holy than me. And new, we're all in this together. We all feel like that. But I think one of the, the gifts that Jesus came in that beautiful piece of scripture in Matthew 11, where he's like, and I love the message translation of like, come and walk with me, yeah. work with me, find my way of doing things, yeah. you know, and I won't put anything heavy on you. It's this wide and spacious place. Yeah you know, of following Jesus. It's not a narrow tightrope. And so I think, I don't know, we might have had teaching along that or we may have just kind of picked it up along the way. So I think if we can almost take those blinkers off, which is what the prayer room helped us to do last week, you know, it's like we might think prayer looks like this, but going there, realize, oh my gosh, prayer can be all of this. You know, it's that process. Mm. I think that can help us. Yeah, we, um, we started this just this past week, uh, a bunch of us doing a course around John Mark Homer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And, there, and there's lots of, lots of great content within it, but a couple of things just, you know, relating in terms of what you're talking about. He talked about that, yeah, that attention is the beginning of devotion, you know, so that, that whatever we give attention to, we become like eventually. Uh, but that's where devotion begins. And so kind of resetting of that attention or just being conscious of what we're giving attention to in the first place. The other thing that he said, just really as a challenge to, to, um, to those who are coming through the content, was it starts with desire. You know, that, and, I, and I actually find that quite refreshing and, 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 and freeing, that, that it's okay for us, like you're talking about, to, to reset desire. That, that probably for any one of us who have made that decision to follow Christ in our lives, to, to step into this life with Jesus... There is desire there somewhere, right? You know, where you essentially are raising the flag, I want Jesus more than I want the, 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 what the world may offer to me. Now, there may be some in the room right now or listening to us online or watching with us on YouTube and so forth that haven't made that decision, and that's, um, it's awesome to have you on that journey with us. But for those of us who have made that decision at some point in our lives, it's okay to come back to desire again, to reset that desire so God, I know, I know I stuffed up, but I want to reset. I want, I, I want you. 
so help me to do this, do this. Help me to give attention to the things that are, are, are genuinely important. And, and as I think about my own, the, the things that have influenced my own life, you know, yes, there are some some big moments, but there's also just a truckload of little ones. You know, yeah, just making little decisions like coming to church. You know, like just making that a, a regular part of life. Anyway, I think it's really helpful for us to re- to remember though that we don't necessarily have to drum up that desire. You know, I think I think there are I know that there are seasons of our journeying with the Lord where it feels like our desire really wanes mm. or we it disappears. And um, but it's similar to to like being married long term as well. It's like you don't feel in love with all of the you know woo, you know butterflies and rainbows not all the time. Rachel and I do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe it's no, just us. <laughs> I know. We'll talk later. Um, but 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 that's a reality, and I, and so and people can come sometimes feeling really guilty because yeah. they don't have that desire. It's like, oh, what is wrong? Yeah, well, I've done something wrong. But actually, it's just remembering the Holy Spirit is the one that can cultivate that. He can he can bring that back to life, and so we can ask for help with that. Are there any other sort of just sort of helpful sort of things to nurture that journey within our lives that's, that's helpful for us to be yeah, encouraged in? Yeah, just a couple things, you know, starting points. Um, R- Richard Foster, who wrote a be- beautiful book a long time ago called um, Celebration of Disciplines. Um, <laughs> how does that sound these days? <laughs> Celebrating discipline, what the heck? Um, but uh, another word for spiritual disciplines is spiritual practices. So things like prayer, fasting, worship, um, hospitality, simplicity, um, solitude, silence, um, celebration, like, you know, all these beautiful things are spiritual practices. And uh, he would talk about um, there are different kinds, some that are like for engagement and some that are for abstinence. So engagement could be worship, it could be hospitality, it could be uh, community building, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, Abstinence would be things like solitude, silence, fasting, that sort of thing. And so I guess what I would often talk to people about is just um, try and do one upstream practice. One thing that actually stretches you and kind of is pulling you forward. But don't just pluck those out of the air. Talk to God about, Lord, what is that one thing that's actually mm. going to keep me growing? And, and honestly, for me, I, I don't know, I'm going to put this back on okay. you so I'll give you two seconds to think of one. Um, but for me, I feel like the Lord's been catching my attention with simplicity in the last few months. And so I've started just getting some books about that, started listening to some podcasts to kind of get my head around, okay, Lord, what does that mean? Because I'm never going to be a minimalist. I'm just not that person. Um, But what does simplicity mean? What is it that you're trying to talk to me about for that? And what sorts of practices are going to help me to live into that? What would, Mm. you got one? Yeah. um, So I I tried um, about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, doing some breath prayer. And uh, that might sound a little bit, ooh, that's a bit, uh, what's that all about? But actually a really ancient sort of practice of just stilling yourself, slowing down, tying into the silence piece, um, and just a very simple repetitive prayer. And I would last sort of five or ten minutes. Thank you. (laughs) I found that really challenging. Two or three is a great place to start. (laughs) But just inviting inviting God in. And, And I actually... I, I not always, but there would be times where I would tangibly notice the difference in my own sense of self, 
um, later later in the day, you know, as as a result of sort of sort of doing that. Um, and like I say, it wasn't all the time. It wasn't some kind of magic magic piece um, to make life all good. Uh, but it was just a really helpful. Um, I, I like that terminology, upstream um, upstream practice to sort of to reach into. I'd, I'd been encouraged in it. I heard other other people talking about it, and so it was. It's one one of the things that over the last year or so I've tried. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that, it's kind of cultivating that, that growing edge of learning how to notice what God might be whispering to you or catching your attention with uh, and then running with that. It's like pu- pulling on a thread and seeing where it takes you. Um, at the same time you want to have some up, like an upstream practice, you actually want to have some downstream practices, which are the things that actually have become familiar territory now right. that I, I have found a bit of a groove in. I've, I've, you know, it's not like a super growing edge. There's always life to be learnt uh, you know, in those places, but they are... Spiritual practices I can easily sort of rest into, and that might yeah. be worship, it might be reading your Bible, it might be you know different yeah. ways of praying. Um, so you, you want upstream and downstream, but most of most of it's going to be downstream, yeah. just so that you don't get completely overwhelmed with feeling like you're not going to be mm. doing very well. And I think for me, a, a downstream thing that has through a number of years been super helpful for me is just in nature. Uh, so going for a walk, uh, getting out in the bush or even just around the streets, you know, or down to the beach or whatever, just uh, some time to, I, you know, I'm one of those people, as many others are, that I connect with God really well in nature. It, it, it feels like a thinner space to me. It feels like somewhere where it's, there's a bit of an ease there. Uh, so that's a sort of a, a default go back to, um, which is really helpful. Yeah. yeah. We've actually, if you're wondering about spiritual practices and where do I start and what are some places, you know, resources and things. There's actually a whole bunch of resources for our personal formation uh, on our website under the Grow um, Resources section. So mm-hmm. you, you can just go and have a nosy and see what captures your heart, yeah. but, but guard your heart against uh, religiosity and uh, comparison. It will mm-hmm. rob you of the joy of what is actually happening for you. Not one yeah. of us is going to journey with God in the same way as the person next to us. That's kind of the beauty of doing it together is that we get to learn, you know, what does this look like for you and how does that, you know, we can kind of support each other and it rubs off, which is awesome. But the things that really, uh, you know, depending on our personality type, I know I was talking to someone last weekend who was like, I can't use Lectio 365 because for me, if I miss a day, I have this super loud inner (laughs) critic who is giving me such a hard time if I miss a day that it just it's, it becomes soul-crushing. And so for her, she's experimenting with other practices that aren't yeah. doing that to her. So, you know, like our journeys are, are different, um, but, but just guard our hearts because mm. it's a bit of a human condition thing that we do, com- like, compare ourselves. It must be easier for you mm. than it is for me, or you must be so much better at it than I am, or look at you, they, you do that, but I just can't even seem to manage mm. this. Um, and religiosity, mm. the, you know, feeling like we've just got to tick the box. That's, remember, always come back to that thing of relationship. Yeah. But Jacinda, I, I guess the question that I've had is for looking at us as a, as a community, what, what would be some of your hopes um, th- within this space? You know, what, what is it that, you know, taking this sort of formation piece and us walking that journey with Jesus individually and together, what, what would you hope to see sort of in the, in the years to come? You know, I think my longing has always been, and this is what led me to train as a spiritual director, just to get more tools in my toolkit to help journey well with people in this space, is um, the longing is always that for each one of us, we would be able to grow 
into a relationship with God that is rich and resilient and actually can carry us through a lifetime with all of the stuff that life throws at us, that there's enough depth and strength and flex to what we have that we're not going to lose our faith mm. uh, along the way. And that happens to a lot of people um, because life is hard. And uh, we're not always well-equipped to be able to navigate particularly some of those hard things or some of the pieces of culture that we're banging up against yeah. that make it really hard to us, for us to know what to do with. Mm. And so that is the longing. And, and based on some research, um, Barna, who do a whole lot of research into to Christian spaces, um, we're not doing great in the Western yeah. church. Uh, if we if we want to actually really see churches really thriving and, and particularly raising those kinds of disciples, we have to look to third world, actually. Right. Um, but I think that God is alive and well and doing things yeah. here. Like, I get I get the joy of getting to hear so many of your stories and, uh, and, what, and hear and see what God is doing. Uh, so we don't have to, you know, feel like, oh, no, we've missed out. Mm. But I think it's just... I would just love to invite you again to take a moment and actually talk to God about where you find yourself on the journey. Mm. For some of us, honestly, if that's the pathway forward, we're standing like this mm. or actively walking in the other direction. Or it could be that we've, we've just been stuck for a while in the place that we're in and we're not really sure how to move forward. And, and for some of us, we may never have realised that this is actually all about a relationship mm. that we're invited into and it was just a bunch of rules we thought we had to follow. Yeah. So I would love the Holy Spirit to come and yeah. transform our imagination of what that could be. Yeah, I think it, and I think it's just a really important reminder for us as a, as a church community, you know, like we are not here to create great services. If you're looking for a church that wants to do that, then you need to go down the road. Yes, of course. Of course, we want to have fun and have great times together. But at the end of the day, we're about drawing near to Jesus, growing people that actually do life with Jesus. And that may mean that some of the, the things on the surface are a little bit different. But it's just so important that that's at the heartbeat of who we are. And we do it together. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a solitary pursuit. Right yeah. from the very beginning, we have been made in the image of God who is a relational God. Yeah. Jesus could have just come and walked the earth and just done his thing all by himself. Yeah. He was put in family and he chose friends. Yeah. And we get to do the same thing. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whānau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.